no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 71 of No Chance Podcast. As always, your hosts, Ryan and Nate. I think we need a new intro, man. Yeah. I'm low-key kind of tired of saying the deep. same thing every episode, but we definitely have to reinforce who we are and what we stand for. And what our names are. And what our names are, because I know a lot of you guys that are watching, listening, it's probably your first time coming across us. Man, should we provide like an intro? It's a new year. I think we should just provide an intro, a re-intro of who we are. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Our backgrounds, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? We haven't done that in a long time, so why, why don't you start? Yeah, let's... Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, why don't you start? I start um, with the intro, you start. Hey, world. <laughs> wow, I, this is not written down. Okay, this is not planned at all. You can talk uh, about yourself. Improving. Yeah, like we yeah, all can yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, ourselves. Yeah, I hate talking about myself, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, we are No Chance Podcast, and uh, I'm Nate, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> and... Uh, we kind of, you know, it's funny is I was writing the about page for our website and I, I had the hardest time like trying to figure out what to write. You, you know, like it's always the hardest writing about yourself. Yeah. I hate talking about the podcast to yeah. other people. It's like a sense of like, not that I'm we're flexing or anything, but it's a kind of, it's kind of conceited when you talk about, I don't know, yourself in that kind of way. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I just it's vain. Like leave it at like, oh, yeah, I do podcasts. And yeah, that's it. right? That's like, like, that's it. Like, yeah. not even like, oh, this is what the podcast is about. It's just, oh, we do a podcast. Like, that's cool. And then I let people, if they're more intrigued, like, oh, what's it about? And, and I like, say, no, leave me alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, um, but yeah, give them, give them a, a bit of a background of like, you know, where, where you're at in life, <laughs> where you're from. Not doing very well. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so, born and raised in San Francisco. I like how your tone, your voice just like softened right when you started talking uh, about yourself. (laughs) Nah, go ahead. Nah, but uh, we're both originally from the Bay Area, speaking for both of us, I guess. Um, You know, we're both streetwear heads, I guess you could call it. Yes. Loved streetwear since the beginning, Uh, since I was little. My brother, like we talked about in previous episodes, is like a really big influence on my, and on why I like streetwear and also take some influences from like my dad and his like interest in fashion. But yeah, I mean this sort of started out as like a just a conversation we had on like yeah, a daily basis. Definitely. Like, at our old job in an office. It was literally like we would always have like really cool conversations about just like what's releasing at our job, which was previously where we worked was Nike, and we would just talk about shoes, we would talk about collections and that transition into a conversation of okay, like what other stuff besides Nike do you like? And that started to turn into like these really not even intense conversations they would just be very opinionated they'd be very like you know one person feels this way about this and the other person feels this way about this and people started to to get really intrigued by what we were talking about because I mean either they have no friends or they were just talking to themselves in their head but they were like they want to involve themselves in our conversations on a day on uh, on a day-to-day basis so we're like you know, podcasting is huge. We both listened to podcasts at the time. So it's like, why don't we just put this shit on paper or like on, wait, I don't you know, know, audio file, whatever. File. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's just put this down and let's see if people mess with it. Yeah, I think it just, you know, it was just the whole idea of it was we're already having these conversations. Why not just sit down and record it and just talk like we normally do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's typically what we do. It has gotten to a point where 
it is somewhat scripted, but there's a lot of genuine. I wouldn't say <laughs> scripted, but it's more structured. Yes, like we, yes. It's less like free form. It, it's still free form, but yeah. there's always like some sort of agenda, some sort of like overarching like, yeah. topic we want. Don't expect for those that are listening. Don't expect me to be talking in a very like high pitched like YouTube podcaster voice when you meet me. It's very like monotone and just like hey. dismissive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like I get into my background. Sure, man. Just Go for it. Yours. Um, so Nate pretty much covered a majority of it. We born and raised in the Bay Area. Uh, we got to experience some of like the, the height of streetwear with Huff in the hundreds and for Bay Area natives like true and we actually had a Stussy out here also and we got to experience you know the very early stages of streetwear and that's sort of where our inspirations come from in regards to having the background and having the knowledge and having the uh, an opinionated voice when it comes to this stuff because we were a part of a time when it was very very hot yeah especially out here exactly so when it comes to I mean just put this into perspective if you are like if you talk to anybody about, you know, the 60s or the Beatles, you're not going to talk to somebody that's, you know, was born in the year 2000. You want to talk to somebody who was alive at that time that went to Woodstock that, you know, involved themselves in, you know, free love and <laughs> all that <laughs> random shit. But like, I feel like the podcast is a is a, a great platform for us to provide you guys that are listening, that are watching with an insight into people that have an a consumer mindset because we are consumers at the end of the day, but also those are people who've been able to see the trajectory of streetwear. And we've been able to see everything from A to Z hyped releases, like a dead period in streetwear. And now we're at this point where it's like streetwear is now high fashion. I know a lot of you are interested in like probably some higher end brands that personally, I know you can't afford, but you may have, you know, <laughs> opened a new credit card. Really you may yeah. ask your parents, whatever. Um, but on top of that, it's just one of those things where it's like, that's the transition now. And we're currently living in it. And I feel like we have a well, well-versed well enough background to be able to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole thing for us is that we're not unlike any of you out there. Of course. We're just two people. Two we want to be relatable. People. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, we're just two regular people. Um by no means like have we been actively participating like in the streetwear industry is like working as like a career or anything like that but um you know just kind of trying to look through like the same lens that everybody else is kind of looking through you know what I'm of saying? course of yeah. course and we try to be like somewhat like middle of the playing field in regards yeah. to how we feel about things we can oftentimes agree about things which is majority of the time because we hang out with each other so much, yeah. but we also disagree about things. So um, I know there's a lot of you that are listening that always say like, why do they always agree about everything? I don't know. We just have similar tastes, yeah. but that, that just tends to happen. But like I just mentioned before, uh, for those of you that it's, if, if it's your first time or your 71st time, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, let's get into some streetwear stuff because I think that's what we're what supposed to do now. Like, yeah. I, that's what everybody wants to hear. The first thing I want to do is we talked about in... The last episode is 2019, right? Have you have you failed at your New Year's resolution so far? I didn't actually set any New Year's resolutions. I was just, why? I don't know. I don't really like believe in that shit. Well, I, you don't. You, 
essentially what that means is you don't believe in yourself holding up to those yeah, resolutions. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I mean by when I say that. <laughs> I think that's fair then. No, you know, I like, mean, like, I don't set like... Set the expectation low. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't like to... God, this sounds like such a fucking cop-out oh, answer. Go ahead, just but say it. I mean, I don't want to set, like... Un- I don't want to be unrealistic with myself. You know what I'm saying? Because... I'm sure we've all done this. We've had a New Year's resolution on December 31st. And then the next week we're like, oh fuck, like I fucked up already. (laughs) Like it's like a 2020 is my year now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, like, yeah, this week I, I said I wasn't going to drink a drop of alcohol, but you know what? I had a beer tonight. So there goes that. That's out the window. Yeah. But we're definitely about this like one week worth of sobriety. Yeah. But you know what? Like I'm not going to hate myself for having one beer. Right. Right? Like, that's fine. Know, that's <laughs> fine. That's totally fine. I'm not going to like lose sleep over it. If this was like a grade in a class, you would have definitely failed. Yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> yeah, easily. But yeah, I mean, resolutions are definitely up to the person that's making them. I think like I, what I prefer instead is like small goals. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it doesn't matter if you don't reach it. It doesn't matter if you like overachieve and you like exceed your, your goal. But if you like inch your way closer, however long that takes... And you can like actually look back and be like, oh, I got farther or closer to it than I did last time. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily about completing everything. I think yeah. it's more so about at least just making progress. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's it doesn't have point. to be something like drastic change, like some drastic change to your life. You no, know, like no. little wins count. December 31st always puts life into perspective exactly. for a lot of people. It's exactly. like, holy shit, I can't believe I was yeah, that person. That probably has like, to do with like a combination of drugs and alcohol that's that could potentially be a thing also yeah um but let's get into some streetwear stuff because 2019 is obviously a year of luxury yes right we talked about the new luxury and how that was going to be essentially the new mindset of a lot of consumers nowadays in the high snobity white paper which is still one of the most densely written articles or publications that any streetwear publication has ever put out it's uh it's a bit much and to those who didn't happen to listen to the last the last few episodes it's shortly summarized it's basically this mindset that a lot of what we're doing nowadays in regards to being consumers revolves around this idea of knowledge revolves around this idea of of exclusivity but not necessarily based around price exactly so i know more about this than the next person does i know where to access this and me wearing this highlights that or showcases that i know more than the next person yeah therefore like that is essentially what they mean by the new luxury yes yes luxury is not about you know what something costs anymore but if we're going to get into the world of luxury and we're going to get into the world of high fashion in 2019, everybody that mentions the name of any sort of high fashion brand, foreign brand, whatever, let's pronounce the shit out of those words. Like, let's actually know how to pronounce these specific brands. I'm, I think it's ID, not I minus D, ID, a publication based out of um, like Vice, the media company released an article that basically says like it, it it literally breaks down each high fashion brand into what's the specific word that they use within like spelling bees. You know what I mean? Like they say like, this is the word, this is the definition. Is this the, it's not the, 
hyphenation. It's the it's not pronunciation. There's a specific word that people ask for in spelling bees to where that they literally outline like how it's pronounced rather than like how it's read out. Well, I mean, I was in the spelling bee in sixth grade. Oh, you yeah, I was. And you know what? I lost on the first word because it was so. <laughs> what was the word nervous. that you got killed at? It's fucking library, dude. I forgot library the in the sixth grade. Yeah, I was so, it was in front of the entire school, dude. You walk by it on a day-to-day yeah, basis. Oh man! All right. Well, then this is probably a good, um, yeah, a good lesson, educational <laughs> lesson for you. So I'm gonna go through a couple of like the top ones that I, to be honest, I didn't even know that it was pronounced this way because once you hear it a thousand times for different like media publications and we talk about these brands you kind of get stuck in like oh that's just how it's pronounced but to the uh the general population this is not how these names are pronounced so let's go with an easy one so for those that um that know of hermes it is pronounced hermes not hermes not there's no there it's a air with the er a lot of these like european brands they're just like everything's silent it's like all these letters for no reason. You know what I mean? Um, okay, so it's Hermes. Let's let's look at it. Pick like a hard one. one. Okay. Someone that like nobody knew. Um, wow, well, they have Nike in here. It's literally Nike. Uh, Ralph, People from Europe pronounce it Nike. Ralph though. Lauren. Do they really? Yeah, they do. Um, all the time. Okay, here's one that a lot of people come across, and still some of my friends even pronounce incorrectly when they say. Um, like Stussy, when when it's Stussy, I feel like that that one's an easy one. That's though. not an easy one. This is one you educated me on. Uh, Vetmon. Yes, I was saying vitamins yeah. for the longest time. <laughs> um, so that's a, that's one for you guys. Oh, here's one. That's a really popular one. Saint Laurent is actually Saint Laurent. <laughs> Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent. No T, no like no other vowels. It's Saint Laurent. I also took French in sixth grade. Did you fact. really? I did. Yeah. Dude. Didn't learn shit right in here. that class. Look, look at this list. What else do you see in there? That's like Loewe. It looks like low, but people it's yeah. Loewe. Yeah. They're from We have a Lowe's, that's a hardware store out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna call it Loewe. Ise Miyaki. Ise Miyaki. Some of the Japanese ones, I'm, I'm sure everyone kind of fucks up. What else? I feel like a lot of these... <laughs> Dior. Dior. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, guys. Um, Comme des garçons. <laughs> that's a French thing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one. Alix. Alix. Not Alex. Alix. I thought it was Alex for, for the longest time. Uh, you definitely corrected me at least a dozen times <laughs> after that. Um, I mean, I think there's one more, one more Givenchy. I feel like it's a difficult, uh, a difficult one for a lot of people. Um, there's one more in here that I saw. Oh, here we go. So the brand that a lot of like celebrities wear that you would think it's pronounced Machino is actually pronounced Moschino. Yes. Moschino. That's a good one. I like that one. Uh, and I think that's it for the most part. A lot of these should be common sense to most of you listening. Um, but I'm assuming the reason why they wrote this article is because a lot of people don't have common sense. So now that you guys (laughs) are going to be, you know, once summer comes up and you guys have all that spending money and you want to go out and buy foreign shit, at least know how to pronounce it. Exactly. Within 2019, let's at least know how to pronounce 
some of these higher end brands don't look like a fool asking the the associate like, if you yo, have uh, uh, Saint Laurent, yeah. like with hard T's. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't be that person. Yeah. Um, let's get into this real quick ass. because I, yeah, right. I want to I want to ask you a quick question. It's and it's a concept that I I was sort of thinking up. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of uh, corporate um, agendas in regards to getting into the streetwear game. We see the likes of McDonald's and, 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 and Pepsi and, and all these people collaborating with streetwear. Um, but we're starting to also see a lot of investments, right? Buying out Supreme, buying out stadium goods, like people within corporate companies that know nothing about streetwear investing a shit ton of money into what they're doing for the sake of them being what's currently in. But the question I want to ask and or pose to, to you is, are things that are corporate not cool like in general just like not cool uh i mean again i think like the like my answer to any question i think it depends you know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> choose a fucking side no i mean no, to, yeah. to me like to me yes it makes it uncool because to me when i see like a corporate like a corporation like let's say mcdonald's trying to do streetwear like i don't i don't see the authenticity in that you know like it just seems like a ploy to you know tap into like this group of consumers that they are trying to appeal to whether it's like a younger generation or whatever you know do you le- do you at least think it's a little less severe when a company collaborates with uh, a company within the culture of like streetwear or high fashion i think does it make it more sensible it, de- it de- really depends on the product one and it depends on like the purpose, like the vision for that collaboration. I think sometimes it can be one in the same, like collaborating and, you know, like a, you know, like a McDonald's trying to do like streetwear like yeah. in-house. Yeah. I think that if it's, if a collaboration is done badly, I think those two can be the same thing, you know? Um, I don't know. To me, it doesn't really matter what it is. I think if you're a corporation you're just going to tap into whatever's popping at the time. Yeah. It could be streetwear. It could be something else completely different. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know. To me, it doesn't really scream like, oh, I need to go get that. In my head now, like, I assume that a lot of these corporate companies have, like, a sector or a group of people that are basically trying to figure out what is cool. Yeah. So... What I think they call that marketing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a marketing Okay, okay, department. good point, good yeah. point. But I but like influencer marketing wasn't a thing like four even or five ten, years even, ago. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So there has to be those people that are in these companies that are like, hey, like you 60-year-old fart that runs this company, you don't know what the youth or the millennials want. This brand I saw on my kids' Instagram, like this is what is currently in. Like let's consider doing a collaboration, if not utilizing their following to promote whatever it is that we're trying to push out yeah. right so one of the things that like really stands out to me and, and and probably one of the coolest collaborations that Bape has ever done is that with with Pepsi I knew like you were them say that. doing the whole yeah. like Pepsi can and that alone being like a collector's item like anything that's that's currently cool somehow gets a Pepsi can who you really like yeah. some in somehow some way comes out with a Pepsi can because I mean, obviously, it's like one of the top three like sodas in the world. But okay, name the other two. Coca Cola. What's the other one? Maybe Sprite. Sprite's owned by Coke, though. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna have to rethink this. Okay. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. But I think like the the coolness factor of just doing that and and 
um, understanding that people love collectibles. People love, especially around the time that like Metacom was huge and yeah. like Bear Bricks. It's like, oh, release the fucking Coke can and make or uh, Pepsi can. Sorry, Coke. It makes sense. You know what I mean? And so there's there are people in these in these companies now that basically scout out like where are the where do the opportunities lie to build our brand within this group of people yeah but even then i think like that's hit or miss because i think a pepsi like a beep pepsi can yeah like yeah that might resonate with a lot of people but i don't think it's going to cover like the entire breadth of their the the group they're trying to appeal to you know what i'm saying yeah like if you're a diehard beep collector then yes like a pepsi collaboration you'd be all over that but i think just to the average consumer it's like uh, not the average consumer, actually the consumer that knows what they like, I would say. It's somewhat weighed though, because we see like a Kith collaborate with Coca-Cola. Yeah. That sells out instantly. So what is it about that collaboration with Coca-Cola versus say, I don't know, what's, what's what was like a, like a corporate collaboration that was kind of like out of like, out of nowhere. Say mm. like a Bape in Despicable Me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Bape obviously is on a, uh, this could be argued, but it's on a tier, an, an echelon above Kith in regards to like the cool factor oh, for sure. nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So regardless of what Bape collaborates with, it should sell out because Bape has that clout to the point where everybody wants it no matter what it is. Yeah. The same way as like, it doesn't matter what, what type of shoe this Virgil Off-White Nike looks like. I'm going to grab it because of the stature it has within this community. So if a Despicable Me and Bape thing comes out versus a Kith and Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola and Kith sells out completely and Bape and Despicable Me just receives terrible reviews. Yeah. Like, is that how it should be or should it be the opposite? Does it, what are the factors that are relying on whether or not this sells out or not? I think again, it just goes back to like what we talked about in the last episode or was that the, I think it was the last episode. I think people are in in today they're kind of like they're able to weed through the bullshit more and more yeah you know what i'm saying like it's if something seems forced like people are gonna know that it's forced and if people see that you know a lot of people don't need like the most authentic narrative they just need at least something like a little bit no that's very like, true actually we talked about how stories and lifestyles yeah. are gonna be like the essence of why we buy particular products and and why we attach ourselves to certain brands to like if you know Despicable Me 3 is coming out and a t-shirt with Bape comes out, it's like, ah, I know what you guys are doing. Yeah. I totally see the bullshit. Exactly. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the Hasnabadi white papers is that, um, you know, like people gravitate towards brands that they can kind of get behind, like they can almost relate to. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a direct relation, like a, you know, it doesn't have to be like a direct relationship with that brand or that narrative, but if they at least see that, okay, it's something authentic, like, it feels real, it feels, like, genuine, then it's, like, okay, it's, like, it's like when you're meeting, like, a friend, you Yeah, know? I think most people have a genuine intuition, general yeah. intuition, when it comes, to like, meeting a person, or, a t- or go, maybe even going to a food place, or shopping yeah. at a store, it's, like, okay, like, I, it doesn't feel forced, it doesn't feel as if they're trying to be something that they're not. It's, like, that... Have you guys seen that like ice like ice cream places where they like roll it up? Oh no, yeah. They're like, dude, it's the Fraudulent. same ice cream, right? But it's just rolled. Like, I don't. To me, that doesn't strike a chord because it's yeah. like I could go to any other ice cream shop and get the same shit just in a scoop. 
But the thing about that and why I went there multiple times is that because it is novelty. Yeah, exactly. In the same way that you look at something like a Kith Treats, like I get it. Like it's just ice cream. Like it's just at a place that I happen to be shopping at. Like the cup has a logo on it. Like I'm going to buy it. Like I'm going to take a picture with it, you know? But how long does novelty last though in the long, in terms of longevity? Because I think that's why it's called novelty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. Because it's the first introduction of that thing. But it, it does somewhat correlate sometimes with this whole idea that people want to experience things. Yeah. And we're not paying for the product, we're paying for the experience. Yeah, and that goes back to, you know, what I was talking about. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a physical experience. I think if a person gravitates towards like a brand's story or a brand's message or a collaboration's message, I think that in itself is an experience, you know? Like yeah. you're experiencing that, you're taking that in. Yeah. As opposed to like Bape and Despicable Me, like... You're just like, okay, babe and despicable me. Like, I don't really right. fuck with despicable me. Right. I'm not really getting anything out of that, yeah. you know? No, yeah, good point. I mean, just in general, it's just, we've gotten to this point where, you know, product is cool. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's whatever, you know? Like, there's 20 retailers online and in store that you can get the same shit from. Exactly. But, and, and on top of that, everyone is doing the same shit. And we'll get to this whole no new idea under the sun in, in a bit. Yeah. But with nobody doing anything crazy innovative and everything being repurposed and all like 30 of your favorite retailers are all say, like selling the same shit, what gets you to invest in this brand or company? And to your point, it's, it's the lifestyle. Yeah. It's the experience. What are they doing that I wish or I dream about doing, you know, like for example, like one of the, the, the ones that I am currently standing over is places plus faces because I want to be traveling all over the world. I want to be taking pictures of all these celebrities. Like I don't even buy their shit, but I love everything that they do. Like their story, like where they came from, like what they do. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, essentially that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, And we'll be announcing something closer to the end of the episode that we're really excited about. But let's get into the topic that I just for mentioned is this idea of, no new idea under the sun. Yeah. So if you guys are in tune with like your media outlets and your your Instagram influencers, you guys should definitely follow. And this is not any sort of plug and at all. They're not paying me to say shit. But if you follow Supreme Copies and Diet Prada, they are the best. I would almost consider them to be like the the TMZ of the streetwear industry. I would agree. Exposing uh, fakes, exposing like people just copying ideas. Diet Prada is a great one that I just discovered fairly recently in that they will basically, they have a really keen eye of like the high fashion industry and seeing like, for example, if you really pay attention to the designs and the collections that Virgil releases, it is all ripped. Oh, for sure. Every yeah. single thing. And that was one of the, the speculations about him as a designer for Louis Vuitton is that he's not doing anything new. If anything, he's rehashing artistic ideas from people that the average consumer doesn't even know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like the average person can't say, oh, that's like a rip of that. You yeah, know? they can't. Like yeah. we know with Supreme, like we see the... Uh, the Morton Salt logo. Yeah. It's like, that's Morton Salt. Like, they are very good at, like, 
highlighting popular culture references. Yeah, but I think those two operate on a different plane. I think, yeah. Supre- obviously, like yeah. I think Supreme, like that's their intention, where I think is Louis Vuitton, it's more so like they're trying to go, un- not necessarily under the radar, but it's 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 more abstract, like if you will. It's meant for a particular audience, yeah. right? Because I would assume like, 20% of the people, or maybe even less than that, actually know where the references for Louis Vuitton or Off-White actually come from. So the biggest dilemma right now is that Virgil is getting into the whole like art space of yeah. like becoming an artist and like having um, shows and stuff like that. And literally, the flyer for his his newest like showcase is an exact rip of a of a European artist's work. Like literally like all you would do is take the image that this dude painted and do like an image trace on Illustrator or Photoshop and it would look exactly like that. Where is the where do when do people have to be accountable for the rips or the the bootlegging and does that make them who they are? Like are they can we basically look at Virgil and be like, oh, like he's amazing at what he does when he, all he does is, or I'm not going to say all he does. Um, what's that word? Um, it's like a word that you use when you're uh, saying something that could potentially be true, but potentially be false when it comes to like, like court stuff. What's that word? Ooh, I have no idea. Does anybody know that word? I've never been to court. So it's, it starts with an A. It's supposed to be like a word. That if you're in court or say you're you're accused of something, but it could potentially be true or false, but you say it before a term. No, no. <laughs> there's four people Damn. in this room who can't figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. Um, but yeah. I'm not even gonna continue this conversation. But it, it's basically it, it's not assuming that it's it's true or false. Yeah. It just falls in the middle. Not to say that he actually does this, because whether the proof is there or not, he's not like he's being sued for any of this stuff. Yeah. So let's just Arbitrary. leave it at that. Arb- yeah, it's completely No, it's <laughs> nah, not that's shit. not the word, but I'm gonna leave it at okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Um nah, it's getting on my nerves that I don't know this <laughs> word. But from what we know, he could potentially, his whole design scheme is essentially taking it from these very obsolete artists that only very niche people know in that industry and repurposing it and making it seem like as if he's like this creative genius. Yeah. When do we start to hold people accountable for that shit? I think if it's like a blatant copy, obviously like exactly to a T, then of course, yes, then that's when we have to sort of ask ourselves is this okay? Right. But I think, you know, even going into other fields, not even necessarily streetwear fashion. If we look at like the art world too, like there's blatant copies of like every fucking thing, you know, but does that decrease the value of like the copy of the rip? I don't know. Well, we've gotten to the point where it doesn't matter about the, the, the actual artwork, the actual product it's who is responsible for making this or who has a stake in what this product is. So do you think it's more so, it's less about the final product, it's less about the original and the copy, and it's more so about the person copying it, how much weight they hold. Like, are, do you yeah. think it's more so like, yeah, they copied it, but do they have enough like 
a big enough reputation to get away with it. Good point. Yeah. Exactly. Because if you really put like on a microscopic level, what Virgil does with particular designs and shoes, you, you'd be like, yo, this is exactly what this person did. Yeah. But because he's like, he is our, he's our culture's Moses. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he paves the way for what is cool yeah. and how people dress. Nobody dresses like Kanye. Everyone wants to be like Virgil. Right. So because he has that sort of like, he wears that crown. It's like, all right, like I'll let it slide. Like yeah. Supreme is cool. Like I'm not going to give up on this, this box logo t-shirt because like if I had the access to buy this box logo t-shirt, I'm not going to debate in my head. Oh shit. Like I care about Barbara Kruger's integrity and I, I really want her to like get her, her, her due justice. Like I don't want it anymore. Of course I'm going to buy the fucking yeah. shirt. You know what I mean? I think so, integrity is like, more or less dead these days. We do not have integrity yeah. when it comes to at least when it comes to like shit sticking like that. to a particular yeah, thing, right? Exactly. So like if if we're we're thinking about Virgil, we're thinking about Supreme, and and they are at the the peak of what it means to be essentially bootleggers yeah. or you know kind of con artists. I don't know what to depending what, on yeah depending on the situation. Yeah. Like we we have to ask ourselves like are we attaching ourselves to the wrong thing? Like, do we then move on to somebody who's being a bit more authentic with what they release? Like, even if it's shitty, like at least it's them, you know what I mean? But then at the same time, the the whole concept of, and this can be like something that we sort of like, you know, put the stamp on is, is there any new idea under the sun when it comes to streetwear or high fashion? Because it seems to happen in both. I don't necessarily no i don't think so i don't think so i i think there are but maybe they're they're probably few and far between i think i think Um, so too i think they exist but i think i don't know like like we always talk about we're in this age where everybody's so interconnected that no idea goes unshared yeah you know you know what i'm saying like i think we we all have so much at stake with each other like there's so much collaboration nowadays exactly. to where pe- you could read uh, a thread, a comment thread on Instagram and there'd be like a thousand suggestions on how you could make that better. And that's like being in a room full of creatives. And yeah. now your idea is the next person's idea and everything starts to blend into this like larger piece. But that could be good or bad depending on, yeah, you yeah. know, like the way you look at it. Yeah. I think in some aspects, that's a great thing, you know, like there are so many ideas out there and it's it's almost we're not doing our due diligence if we don't actually act on those ideas you know so i think in that aspect like it's it's great yeah i always look at it as like this whole thing of when it comes to designing a product obviously you have to have the right people in there to make it manifest but sometimes there's this mentality of like too many cooks in the kitchen exactly you know and that's where you could start to see things fall short or maybe the influence of what that product could turn out to takes like redirects itself into being this whole other thing. So when we think about this idea of, is there any, are there new, what's the phrase again? Is there any new idea under the sun or is there any, whatever it, it really makes me think like, I don't think there is, but I think there's different, there's new processes, right? Like due to technology. Now we see shoes being printed in like four, like 3d printers, like, you're going to say 4D. I was about like, to say 40. 40 is like some shit where you're like sitting in the seat and you're like moving around while yeah. watching a movie and it's like three dimensional. But yeah, like 
3D printed shoes. You're seeing things made of materials that nobody else thought that it was going to be made. But the but the actual product itself is just rehashed. Yeah, right? I, I think yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and I, I agree that I agree with that. I think that the end products have always been there. You know, like I don't think there's not there's nothing necessarily new about whatever's coming out. But I think that there are different ways of going about you know, making those products or different ways of like maneuvering yeah. like through the streetwear. I also think that maybe it might not be a new idea, but I think maybe a new perspective. Exactly. Like that's definitely something that I've been seeing a lot lately is like when you see a repurposed graphic and you know it's a redone or reworked image, maybe like the the font blocking or the color blocking is like, like 20 other people's designs. But when you look at it and you're just like, Whoa, that looks like that's a very good take on whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. Like that to me is a little bit more authentic than that of like, oh, like I'm just gonna reuse the lady from the salt shaker, you know, the Morton salt yeah, shaker. Exactly. You know? Um but just in general, I think this this idea of of like new concepts is something that seems to plague that of like high fashion and streetwear, right? Because everyone is a a creative. Yeah. Right? But are you really creating something, you know? And, and to what to what extent are you creating that? Yeah. And that's something that we have to ask ourselves. And, like, when you're looking at, you know, or maybe you don't care. Like, maybe you don't yeah. care when you buy stuff. Like, to each his own. But when we put these people on a pedestal, when we give them awards, you know, like, to what extent is that deserved? Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, like, if we're looking at, for instance, like we're talking about Virgil in this case, if we're looking at Virgil, what, who's to say that like I can't come up with that or you can't come exactly. up with that or the next person can't come up with that. Right? So why is this person held on in such high regard when it's literally available for anybody to do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's that sort of relationship we have to look at. It's like, are we really rewarding the person or their accomplishments, their body of work. Exactly. You know? No, because this is the this is a good point to that to, to what you said is Virgil's like four like four arrow square design that's like really popular yeah. is literally like like a like a crosswalk sign yeah. in Europe. Like that design itself is taken for exactly what it is and placed on a plate like placed on a shirt. Yeah. For those that live in that area, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So I think it has to do with the person that's doing it. Yeah. Like, you know, like when it, when it's a person that's highly revered, like they have the freedom to do whatever they want. Because if we did that, like we would almost second guess ourselves and be like, you know, this is, this is too much of a rip. I, yeah, I can't pull this sure. off. Like, like for instance, if we ripped off off white and we took that same sort of topography, that yeah. same sort of aesthetic and we rehashed it and kind of made it our own. Obviously, like, we don't hold the same weight as, like, Virgil. Not at all. So, be, so then, like, people would be like, oh, you're fucking ripping that off. Like, yeah. you, you guys are lame for that. You but know? they don't know that originally, like, that that is a ripoff in itself. Exactly. And I think, yes, in that sense, it's more so more about that person and holding that person in high regard as opposed to what their actual body of work yeah. is and, like, what their creative output, what their creative, like, how much creativity went into creating yeah. whatever it is, you know? But I think the reason why I bring up this topic of like no new idea under the sun is because when we look at any other industry where being creative is like the number one thing, we look at musicianship, we look at 
actors and actresses. We look at, you know, comedians, right? Comedians, if you don't have an original joke, maybe not an original concept, but if you don't have an original joke and you're just, you're stealing or you're, you're, you're literally taking a concept from somebody else, you're canceled. Like yeah. you're, you're not a good comedian. If yeah. you're an actor and you're, you're like, I don't know, like, I, I want to, uh, I don't know what I'm good at. Maybe I'll just do impressions. And then you're just like that dude from SNL. What is then Jay Farrow. It's like, oh, like you get categorized as this person is yeah. like being, trying like to be like him. In. Rap, let's not even get into rappers. Cause if you sound like somebody else, you will not, you will never be a unique person. Yeah, I mean, you might be successful, but oh, you'll yeah, never successful. have like that longevity. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, but I mean, to your point, I think, you know, have you heard of this like, Oh, like all the movie, like every single movie that was ever made, like follows like one of like four okay. plots. Okay. You know Good. what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah. Like, but does that make a movie like not as good because it follows like that, that archetype, I guess. Yeah. Of th this is this type of movie. It's going to end like this. Does that make it any lesser of a movie? Okay. Oh, I'll try to see if I can put this under perspective of streetwear. Okay. For example, like if we were to look at like... Okay, like logos on a t-shirt, right? Yeah, sure. You have, I'm going to name some like notable like sort of layouts. You either have a big circle like box or a, a chest logo, mm. box logo, maybe something to the side right above a pocket. These are all, I would almost consider them archetypes. And yeah. like in a sense, it's like, oh, like like for us when we're making t-shirts, like, okay, where do we put the, the chest or the, the front logo? Well, from what we know it should be going here yeah. as like a logo. So, okay, let, let's just do that because that's what we know. We're we, we just know that. I feel like that's in the same realm of like you're following this archetype of a movie, but the context of like the people acting in it and what your plot line is, it changes. But within streetwear, where I feel like it's supposed to be the most creative. Of yeah. all things, it's the most creative because... You can create the lifestyle, you can create the design, the coloring, whatever, your logo, compared to like music. Uh, maybe music is like a little bit ahead like in terms of like more, like which is more creative. Yeah. But streetwear is like where you can literally do whatever you want. You can just, your logo is a circle or your graphic is a big X, whatever. But if the intention is to be like this, like, or to be something that's already established, then where do you go for yeah. from that? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's the confusing part because then it's like, okay, like this musician raps or mumble raps just like this dude who started it 10 years ago. Okay. Like he's famous. Like, great. He's still like just that guy who, yeah. is, that follows this archetype. This movie, fucking just like this movie like that just came out recently it's the same plot same whatever okay that's it yeah i think it's it's really up to whoever's creating that to kind of figure out where they fit in you know some people are okay with yeah being that mumble rapper that's just like that's true. the next person like they're totally fine with that yeah and some people are fine with being the brand that's just like this brand or that i think brand. it depends on your agenda then yeah yeah, yeah exactly I, I don't i mean i would assume create uh Virgil in this case, his agenda is to be like, I just want to create things. Yeah. I want to represent a community that is very underrepresented in regards to like streetwear into high fashion, mm -hmm. accomplished. Like that's cool. I don't think he wants to be like the greatest creative in the world or the greatest yeah, painter exactly. or yeah. artist in the world. Yeah, we talked about that before. I don't yeah. think he's out here to be the next fucking Leonardo da Vinci. That's you know? true. I don't think that's his yeah. 
I don't think that's his goal. I mean, we don't know definitively whether it is or not. But maybe he wants to be. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think like he's going out of his way to be like the world's most yeah. creative person ever. And like, maybe it's period. designed around intent, right? Yeah. And I think when it comes to obviously, we're very well, not we personally, but it is a very hypersensitive uh, notion when it comes to literally anything pop culture, yeah. anything in general. But I think there has to be a focus in like this goes back to what brands do you believe in? Who in those brands do you believe? Or like, why do I follow them? Like, what is the point? That is what 2019 is essentially going to be. It's going to be hypersensitivity into who runs these brands. What do they do? Are they morally correct in everything that they do? Because we look at them through a microscope. That may not be how we look at things, but that's definitely going to be how streetwear is going to be looked at within the next coming years. I mean, I mean, come on, like, Look at everybody that's getting canceled in this culture now. Like, yeah. But we're not going to get at that. We got no. into that last episode and no. it was like very, very heavy. Yeah. Um, but I think that was cool. I, I definitely wanted to, to sort of dissect this whole idea of what ideas are even new nowadays. Yeah. And I think we did a really good job at doing that. So I want to end the episode there. But before we end, we definitely want to announce that we, I mean, shit, man, I don't even know how to say we're killing it, but we're Without definitely flexing it. it. Right? Like I... I'm, we're not ones to like, you know, toot our own horn or even talk about stuff to other people yeah. other than our own personal significant others. But like, it's not something that we're just like, hey guys, like, guess what I'm doing now? Or like, guess what you're not doing and I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, but we definitely want to announce this for the sake of promotion that we have an event aside from the payout, which we throw every month. And for those that, you know, make their way out to San Francisco. I know I know a lot of you guys, you guys always message us and tell us like, hey, like I wish I had the chance to come out there. I've sent shirts to a couple of people that live in like other countries or other states. And the shirt literally says like the date of the event and like our slogan and they fuck with it because yeah. they wish they were a part of it. They wish they were um, in like enjoying like what we like to do. Um, but we have our first event and it's something that's it's fairly new so uh we'll let you know we'll let you guys know how it goes at the end of the month but on january 31st we have our first event it's called on air it's a platform for a lot of up-and-coming uh creatives to showcase their stuff for the first time you know like for a lot of the djs and producers and musicians that we were dealing with it's their second third maybe first time performing something that they've been either you know in their room secluded yeah. doing and you know people want to make it make turn their passions into profits so it's like why not like, yeah we want to be that like first step into yeah. doing whatever it is they want to do with their craft like exactly. whether it's djing like producing making beats whatever it is you know yeah. like i think a lot of the times people are kind of scared to take that first step so yeah. we want to provide like a comfortable like stepping stone yeah. for them to like try it out and so. whether that's in front of their peers or 10 random people and shit like my expectation is that 10 people show up yeah. but even then like you're outside of your apartment your room your basement wherever the fuck you do your work yeah. at and you're doing it in front of an audience and that alone is is it's an ego boost you know like those types of moments are, are definitely inspiring for for up-and-coming people so um that's on january 31st and for anybody that's listening or watching like if you are interested in potentially showcasing your shit at the next one, like yeah, let, us, let know. us know. Like we're let totally open to sure. anybody that's trying to do cool shit. Yeah. 
But on top of that, on the 25th, the biggest turn up in the fucking city, the payout, amazing, amazing DJs, amazing time. You guys already know what it is. You guys have seen the ads. You guys have seen the results of, of the event that we throw. So we don't, we need not say more. Yeah. But on that note, we appreciate you guys listening and or watching. And if you are watching, it's probably been like an hour. So I would hope that you get up and go do something. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we'll catch you next week. That's episode 71 of the No Chance Podcast. Peace. Peace. Yo, don't forget, if you'd like to continue the conversation, be sure to follow us at No Chance Podcast on all social platforms. And make sure to use the hashtag HeyNoChance so we can see your questions to address on future episodes. We'll catch you later. Peace. Peace.